Thanks for listening to another Contemplate podcast with Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church in Vancouver, Washington. As we finish up this series, The True Story of Everything, Pastor David will answer the question, why did Jesus come to earth? And the answer, well, it changed everything. Here's Pastor David. So one of the things that we're very serious about here at Acts Church is truth. We're very serious about truth. We believe in truth. We believe there is such a thing as truth. And we're very serious about seeking and finding truth. Believe it or not, um, regardless of what you may or may not have heard on the Discovery Channel or somewhere on the internet and Reddit or one of these places, um, we who are Christ followers, who follow Christ, are not actually some sad group of ignorant cavemen believing in some sort of ancient myth, okay? That's not who we are. We're actually very, very serious about the truth of Scripture, the truth of God. And we've spent real time pouring into thinking, studying what the evidence is for these things and whether they're really real, really true. None of us here are interested in blind faith following fairy tales. We're very serious about finding out what's true. So that's part of what makes up Acts Church. We're very serious. And we've been in this series. The series is called Spirituality Orismology which you've probably heard the word before. Um, it sounds funny when I say it, but if I had like a British accent, you all would be like, yeah, that sounds really smart. Um, it, it just sounds weird when I say it, but that's okay. So the series was the true story about everything. The true story about everything. And we were talking about uh, basically, I guess we'd call it worldviews or big stories, meta narratives, right? There's all these different stories out there um, that people are trying to sell. Right, and, there's, and every one of us believes one of them, whatever it happens to be, whether that's one of the major religions of the world, whether that's one of the minor religions of the world, or one of the weird offshoots, whatever it happens to be, no offense, um, if anybody uh, you know, is, is in that camp, but, but you know, maybe it's science. I believe in science. I believe that science can answer everything. Whatever it is, you have a big story that, that dictates to you what you believe about everything and about how everything works. And so we walked through um, this series and the, the beginning of the series, you know, we talked about how people, right now, our culture's in a place, a lot of people call it postmodernism. And, you know, let, let me nutshell it for you. A rejection of truth, a rejection of big stories. Basically, we don't know what's true, we don't know where we are, we don't know where we're going, and no one can tell us different. You know, that's kind of the, so we'll just kind of do what we do and we'll sort of make our way through it and, and sort of figure out where we are. Well, well, we reject that. We reject that as followers of Christ. We believe there is a truth and we believe we can know it and we believe we do know it, okay? And, and so when we're talking about these things, we're seeking out to know real truth, real truth. Um, we talked about the beginning. We talked about God creating the earth creating the universe. And we talked about the Kalam cosmological argument. I know that sounds like fun. I won't go into it tonight because I don't have time. But it, it was fun. And, you know, we talked about how nothing can come from nothing. Nothing can come from nothing. So God must have created the world. And then we talked about how people, human beings, had so little that we actually had to do to stay in this place that God created, this perfect place where we had relationship with him and relationship with one another. And we, and we just had, basically there was one, one rule. 
okay? There was one rule. It's like when you're a kid and you're like, there was one thing I asked you to do, right? And, and we said no. Like your kid, we said no as, as humans and we rejected God. We suppressed the truth that he was giving us. We walked away and in doing so, we broke the universe. We broke it. It's all jacked up, which is why you see what you see in the world, which is why there's those of us here today who are thinking about and going through the difficult time that Christmas can sometimes be, right? Because we've lost a family member or a friend or whoever it's been this year, and this is a time where we sit and we reflect and we think about those things, and we recognize the brokenness of the world, that, that death and disease and sin and evil and all these things that are there, that, that it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be like that. We, and we recognize that, and there's this tension between what we think things should be and what things are. Because, and that happened because of our rejection, our choice to reject the way God had made us in perfection. We chose to rebel. And so we then talked about, after our betrayal of God, how there were these people in this place called Israelites, Hebrews, Jews, and, and they had these prophecies, these stories, these, these whispers that one would come that was going to make the brokenness right, that one would come and would provide salvation, that would save us out of death and, and evil and sin and disease and all these things, that there's one who would eventually make it right. And then we talked about when that person came, and that was Jesus Christ. You've heard the story. It was clear, very theologically sound uh, <laughs> video that we watched with the kids. There may have been a few uh, things off there, but it was, and, it, and, and, and so you know it. You know the story. The thing about it is, is we sometimes, and I love a cute thing like that, but let's not ever forget that it's not cute. It's life-changing. It's, it's something greater when you truly think about it and take away all that other stuff, which is fun, and, 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 I, and I like this stuff, don't get me wrong, but when you take all that away and break it down, we're talking about the claim that's being made is a huge claim. God, the creator of the universe, has come as a human being. Now, that's a big claim, and if it's true, it changes everything. It changes everything. God made a way through Jesus Christ. He made a way. He provided a path for us to be saved from the brokenness that we had created us because he, this is what he tells us. This is what God says. He loves you so much that even though you know as well as I know that you're broken too and that you've done things yesterday, this morning, five seconds to go, whatever it happens to be, right? Where you know that a just and good God could not be happy with that. And yet even in that, even in our rejection, our saying, no, no, me, I'll be in control, I'll run things, I don't care who made the world, I'm in charge of me. Even though we've done that, yet he sent his son. This is an incredibly powerful truth. Now, having told you that, during that series I had people asking themselves, Two questions, two questions. The first one was, is it true? Is it true that God became a man? Is it true that he was born, lived perfectly, died, rose again, and in that, we can be reconciled to God, and in that, ultimately, he is going to fix everything in the world? Is that true? And if so, what should you do about it? What should your response be to that? Along with those two questions, 
I want you to think about these two questions for the next 10 minutes or so. Why did Jesus come to earth? Why did he come? And what does that mean to you? Does it mean anything to you? So why did Jesus come to earth? Let's first look at Matthew 10, 34 through 36. It says this, Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. Now, that sounds like Christmas, right? Christmas dinner, politics comes up. Prediction, prophecy, right? Okay, that's actually a different context. I'm not going to work with that verse, but I did think it was kind of funny because when I read it, as I'm going through all the things, reasons Jesus came, I'm like, that sounds like Christmas sometimes. Um, Bible jokes are good times, okay? We have Bible jokes here at Acts Church, so um, come and enjoy them. Seriously, though, God gives us, other than this, including this, a number of reasons in Scripture why Jesus came. Let's go through a few of them, okay? It, it says in Matthew 5:17 that he came to fulfill prophecy in the law. So I talked about those, those whispers, those prophecies, those predictions that this, that this one would come, that the Son of God would come, be with us and save us. So he came to fulfill that and to fulfill the law. All, all the law that's there that shows us our brokenness, he came to fulfill that and make us whole. Okay, it says in Matthew 18, 11, that he came to save the lost. And how would he save us? It says in John 1, 29, that he came to take away the sins of the world. That's how he saves us. He takes away our sins. He takes them away. Now, it says in Matthew 20, 28, that he came to serve which is interesting because he's the king. He's God, right? But he came to serve. He was not here to be a tyrant, but to show us what leadership looks like. It looks like service. It looks like Jesus washing his disciples' feet. That's what leadership looks like. There's no leader greater than Jesus, and yet he was a servant. It says in Matthew 20, 28, that he came to give his life as a ransom for many. This is how he took our sins away. He died, he rose again. In doing so, he paid the price for the things that you've done. See, the thing is, when you've done things that are wrong, when you've rebelled against God, the just wages for that is death, separation from God, which is the, which is the ultimate death. And yet he came and died and paid that ransom, paid that price that you might be able to be with him and reconciled to him. It says in Matthew eleven twenty seven and John fourteen nine that he came to reveal the Father. See, we were able to see what was true through a lot of things, like the things that God made in the earth and the universe, but we suppressed that truth. And Jesus came and was the visible image of the invisible God that we might know God. And lastly, it says in John eighteen thirty seven that Jesus came to the earth to bear witness to the truth. He is the truth. Jesus is the truth. Um, what, what does that all mean? Let me, let me nutshell it for you um, real quick here. Paul writes this in the Bible in a letter to Timothy. Okay? He's, Timothy's a young guy, young pastor. Paul is sort of bringing him up, teaching him, showing him what he ought to do. He writes him this letter, and he says this to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.15. He says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Ultimately, at the end of the day, what this baby in this manger is about is saving sinners. That's me, and that's you. And, and this story that Paul tells in this little verse 
about being the chief of sinners. That's my story. See, ultimately, I've gone through a lot of things uh, over the past year or whatever, uh, talking about evidence, science, philosophy, theology. We spend a lot of time doing that stuff, right? And, and it's important. But here's a big piece of evidence for you tonight, right here. Jesus saved me. And I was vile. I was so broken. I was so rebellious. I acted like and said things like, oh, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. And at the same time, I was out doing things that I frankly can't talk about at the family Christmas Eve service. Okay? And God found me in that. I'm not going to say that I found him. Okay? He was never lost. I was the one who was lost. He found me. And all I can tell you is this, that it came down to a moment where I was literally on the ground, on my face, in agony, recognizing the person that I was. This creature that had become conformed to the world, making myself happy at the expense of whoever. I had issues that had issues. I was, you know, my marriage, all these things. I wasn't the right kind of father. I wasn't the right kind of husband. I wasn't the right kind of person. And I saw it, and it was all revealed to me. And then in that moment, I, re I recognized what this baby in this manger meant. And I, all I can tell you is that it is true. It is true in that moment I knew God. And Jesus came into my life in a real way and saved me in such a way that I knew it. I knew that he had taken away all of that and made me new. Jesus is about transformation. That's what he's about. He came to save, to transform, to make you new. That's what he came to do. He's an interruption. Mary's sitting there, Facebook, whatever, chatting with her friends, whatever. I don't think they had Facebook, but whatever they had, right, 2,000 years ago. She's doing the equivalent of that. She's just living her life. She's just a teenager. She's just kicking it. And boom, into this, here comes God. He's an interruption. You're here tonight. You've got grandma's, you got pie over at grandma's house, or maybe you are grandma and you're like, is the pie done? Whatever's going on. You've got something going on probably tonight. You, you came here. You checked the box. We go to church on Christmas Eve. But here's the thing that I'm going to tell you right now. Jesus wants to interrupt that. He wants to come in like he did to me. I'm going along. I'm doing my thing. And he says, no, I'm going to interrupt where you are in your life, and I'm going to change everything. I'm going to make you new. And we, and we think to ourselves, well, I don't know that I want to be new. And I kind of like me. Or, or at least, you know, on balance, I'm having more fun than maybe I would otherwise. I don't know that I want Jesus to make me new. Here's the thing. I've never been more me, never been more me than after I started following Jesus. Why? <laughs> because he made me. And he knows how to make me new. And he knows how to make in me that which I always was intended to be. And that's what he's about. And that's what we're about here at this church is to see you for you. Our deepest desires on this planet in relationship are to be known, appreciated, respected, loved by others for who we are. We spend all this time sometimes, some of us, trying to be whoever the world tells us we ought to be, right? But we just want to be loved for who we are. That's where God comes in. 
He wants to take you and make you new. That's the miracle of Christmas. That's what it's about. Here's what I want you to know. If you, if you think of nothing else, I just want you to know this. This little baby in this marriage is not just a cute story. Okay, you have the little nativity at your house and you set it up and the kids play with it and they break the arm off and you glue it back on, all that kind of stuff. I don't know, maybe my own story. Um, but that's, that's what you have. Listen, if, if that puts in your mind that this is a cute little thing that either did or didn't happen and it's a nice story, toss that thing, okay? This is everything. The big story, the true story of everything, it balances on Jesus. He's what it's about. He did not have to come and save you. You didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it, but he did it out of a, a love that is just scandalous that God would become a human to save us. Who are we to be saved? Well, he thinks we're somebody. He thinks you're somebody. I think you're somebody. But I want you to know him. I want you to let him interrupt your life if you're fighting him off. He's, trying, he's working his way, trying to work his way. He's knocking on the door of your heart, and it's always kind of like, I'm busy, you know, whatever. Somebody will make fun of me. I don't want to have to change the things I do. I don't want to have to live in a different way. Whatever it is, let me tell you something. There's nothing better, and I'm evidence of that. There's nothing better than letting Jesus interrupt your life. Christmas is a time where your life should be interrupted because I'm telling you, those who follow him, there will be no more pain. He will fix the world. No more death. He'll wipe all your tears away. It is true. It is true. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Christmas. God, thank you for coming. Thank you for interrupting our lives. Lord, I pray that if there are people in this room who you're trying to speak to their heart, I pray that they would listen they would let you in, that they would want to know you, the king that became a baby. God, what an amazing thing. Lord, we, we ask you now that you would be with us during this time. There are some who are going to have a hard Christmas. Maybe this is the first Christmas without a loved one. Maybe this is the 10th, whatever it happens to be. Sometimes it's hard. Lord, I pray that you would let each person in this room, that your Holy Spirit would make them feel as loved as they are by you. Thank you, God. Thank you for Jesus. In your name, amen. So do you need Jesus in your life? You know, it's the most important question you'll ever answer. And if you do, don't wait another minute. Tell him you believe he's the Son of God, that he died for your sins, and ask him to forgive you and give you a brand new start, and he will. And if you have questions, aren't sure what to do, or we can help, call us at 360-885-9000. And come see us this Sunday morning at Axe Church in Vancouver, Washington. Get easy directions at AxeChurchNW.com. Org. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll check out our next episode for more with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.